0: The Bulletin
1: It is our great pleasure to welcome uh, Andrew Gordy into uh, the Bulletin uh, And for the next uh, 10 to 12 minutes uh, We've got um, a lot of opinion to come out uh, from uh, those very famous vocal chords Andrew Gordy uh, First of all, let's uh, deal with Hey, we've got an all-white coach We've finally got an official all-white coach Darren Baisley
0: Wait. I, honestly, Smithy, I never thought we 'd get here. I never thought we would get here because didn 't that just drag on for an unnecessarily long amount of time. I am um, thrilled for Darren Baisley. Darren Baisley is a rock solid human being um, ever since um, I, I first got to know Darren when he was playing for Knights um back in back in the day um, and he was a uh, even though that team and, and that uh, you know was a was a catastrophic failure, he was actually one of the one of the great parts of it, man of, man of great integrity, uh, always works hard, um, always, you know, leads by example in that regard. And, you know, ever since he, he obviously retired from playing, um, he's pursued this coaching path and um, he's been very, very patient, very diligent. Um, so, so you can't argue that he doesn't deserve this opportunity. Um, what, the only thing that bothers me about this appointment is just the the spin and BS, frankly, that uh, we've been exposed to by New Zealand football throughout this appointment process, which frankly has been shambolic. Um, and it, it obviously took a turn for well, it, it became a farce back in February. I don't know if you remember when they announced these matches against China, um, and it was in the it was in the press release um, that Darren Baisley will you know will will be the interim head coach. He'll take on the role as an interim on an interim basis after the leading candidate for the permanent All Whites head coach role had to be called upon to help manage a family health issue, etc., etc., etc. Which um, you know anyone who knew anything about what was going on knew that that person was John Herdman. Um, and that line and that press release basically exposed New Zealand Football's hand. Um, you know we obviously reported that John Herdman was in dialogue with them. He confirmed as much when he said that he had turned down an approach from New Zealand Football when he recommitted to Canada. And then just the, again, it was the spin and the rubbish that came out after that, you know, New Zealand football saying We remain in positive dialogue with our preferred candidate for the permanent coaching role. It's just rubbish. It was all rubbish all along. And what, all that we've really found out here is that they were quite happy for Darren Baisley to, to plot along and, and, and while, they, while they sort of sought, I suppose, other, other candidates, but that's where they've ended up. Now, is, does that mean it's a, it's a bad thing? No, it's not. I, I think Darren will, Darren will do... A, a good job, he'll make a good fist of, of this job, um, and he, you can't argue that he doesn't know the players, he doesn't know the, the set-up, the environment, and all of that kind of thing. But I, I just think New Zealand football have been, I don't know, a little naive at times here. Um, they've, they've quite clearly been, I'll say, economic with the truth, Um we all know that they were chasing other candidates. Um, so why beat, beat around the bush? There's no, there's no shame, I suppose, in, in missing out on and aiming high and missing out on preferred candidates. But look, they've, they've settled on Darren Baisley. Just feels like we could have reached this point a little bit sooner. Um, and time is of the essence when you're, when you're building into a World Cup cycle. So, yeah, I wish them all the very best. I just wish that it could have been done differently.
1: Yeah, I I hope he feels secure in the job, even though he has been appointed. I hope he really feels like it is his role at the moment and it must be hard. Uh, It's an all-black test match week, isn't it, Andrew? Please tell me it is. Is it? Is
0: it? Is it? it? I haven't really caught up with that. No, of course it is. Um, It is an all-black test week. Um, It's a soft launch, isn't it? It feels like a really soft launch into this rugby championship. I don't know why that is. Is that because we're... You know, is it because it's Argentina in Mendoza and it's sort of out of sight, out of mind? Um, you know, it's probably the one location I suppose for the rugby championship, for example, that, you know, perhaps a lot of the, the New Zealand mainstream media and even the host broadcaster won't won't be there. So you don't you don't get that constant feel like you're in it and you get that that proper build up. I I, I get a sense things might be different, let's say if the opening fixture of the rugby championship was um Yorvicks against the Springboks at Eden Park or or, you know, against the Wallabies in Wellington or even Sydney or something like that. Um but because it's sort of out of the time zone, out of the way, in a location that is probably, yeah, the the worst I suppose for access um for any games in the rugby championship, I think that's why it feels like a soft launch. That said though, Smithy, my my gut feeling is that come Sunday morning we'll all be tuning into this. Um, because it's an important fixture, um, it's an important fixture in the context of the year. Um, I'm very intrigued to see, you know, I suppose uh, following following the Super Rugby campaign, this is this is the first time really that Ian Foster is going to expose his hand, and we'll get a bit of an insight, I think, into into some of his thinking around um, his selections, the shape of his 23, things like that. Ian Foster can't afford to. To, to ease into this rugby championship, I, I really think he needs to hit the ground running with this side, which is probably partially why he expressed some frustration, I think, around Sam Whitelock's appearance in the in the Super Rugby Final. I'm sure that he would have loved uh, fully fit and firing ready-to-go Sam Whitelock um, to hit the ground in Mendoza for the start of this rugby championship. but. Uh, this is where we're at and um, yeah, I, I certainly expect this All Blacks team, they, they need to turn up and they need to put on a, a really good display um, to, to kick off this rugby championship because otherwise the, the questions and the concerns won't go away.
1: I wouldn't mind uh, having access to uh, stump Mike when Alex Carey walks out to bat at Headingley.
0: I think that the host broadcaster just needs to make a call that we're going to have that up. We're going to have that up and on um, because this is, this is an entertainment product at the end of the day and this is actually... The Ashes needed something like this, didn't it? I mean, every, every series, frankly, needs something like this. Um, great talking points, great narrative, genuine and legitimate debate. Um, and I'm sure you've, you've debated this, Smithy, ad nauseum over the last um, couple of days at least since, since this BSO incident. Um, it's great though. It adds narrative. It adds a bit of niggle. Um, and yes, absolutely. When Alex Carey comes out it's about, I would, I would love to be out there in the middle, hearing it all. So, and I think the host broadcaster probably needs to realise that. Now, yeah, obviously they've got responsibilities to, um, to uphold and, and things like that. But um, I, I think I encourage it. And, and let's face it: what you've just, the example you've just raised, there will be more people tuning into this, this match. Uh, because of what happened in the second test. So they just need to embrace it, I think, and realise that that's part of what's selling your product and what's helping to keep Test Cricket relevant in 2023. So, yeah, more of it, please, is what I'd say.
1: From a neutral perspective, uh, was there any right or any wrong here?
0: (laughs) Um, Are you talking... You're asking my opinion about the Beersto incident. Yes. My view on it is... My view on it is... I'm not buying any of this garbage about it being the last ball of the over. That is completely irrelevant. Like, there's no reason why the sixth ball of the over is any different to the first, second, third, fourth, or fifth. Um, I do acknowledge... that The only part of it that makes me slightly uncomfortable is the act of Johnny Bairstow scraping his foot inside the crease. That was a clear sign from him, whether, whether you know correct or not. That was him saying... I acknowledge that the keeper has received the ball in his hands. This is me marking my ground, and I'm going to step out of my crease. The trouble for Johnny Bairstow, as you all know, is that the batsman, for very good reason, does not determine when the ball is dead. So that's on him, and I think as well, too, and and again, this is something that I'm not the first person to raise this. Johnny Bairstow is a wicketkeeper who regularly attempts this form of dismissal. So if anyone should be aware to it, if anyone should be alert to it, it's Johnny Bairstow. It's all on him. Um, and I'm not buying for a second any of this garbage that England would have withdrawn the appeal and, and, and all that sort of thing. Do me a massive favour, Ben Stokes. Like, that, that is not going to happen. I don't think even the English crowd would have allowed him to, to, to um, withdraw that appeal. I would have loved to have seen what the NCC members thought about that um, while they, you know, got put back in their cage. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a cracking incident. I definitely think it was out um, the correct decision was reached. You know, the moment Australia decides that they're not going to withdraw their appeal, it's it's out. It's clearly out. Um, look, if you've got an issue, if anyone's got an issue with the law, have it, have an issue with that, but don't don't come and talk to me about what players should or should not or would have done, um, because that's that's not how this game works.
1: Okay, uh, fair enough. My, my only uh, interesting question to Pat Cummins would be: had it been Jimmy Anderson? and they were nine down. Would you have liked the test match to finish in that fashion?
0: Yeah, and well, I suppose in a roundabout way, Smithy, that's kind of what was asked of Ben Stokes, wasn't it? Like, if, if would you feel comfortable winning a match in that way? Um, it's a hypothetical, though, isn't it? It's a, it's a total mm. hypothetical, and, and pressure does funny things to teams and to people. So, if the, if the game is absolutely in the balance, and you know, like you say, it's It's one, one run to win or something like that and you attempt the dismissal like that. Well, frankly, no, okay, uh, now that I'm sort of talking that through and thinking it through, if you're James Anderson and and you're the last man standing, you need one or two runs to win and you walk out of your crease, um, on, after the, the delivery of the sixth ball or the over, that's, that's, uh, That's unforgivable in my view, and you're, you're, don't give them the opportunity. Don't give the opposition the opportunity. And that's the other thing too, Smithy, is I think the context of the game shapes exactly what happens in that moment. James Anderson would Mm. not walk out of his, he wouldn't be that careless in that moment. So it's a, it's a real hypothetical that I don't really think is, is fair to raise. It's not, it's not apples and comparing apples with apples, I don't think.
1: Okay, fair enough. Uh, Right, the long-term future of Sean Johnson is still up in the air. The short-term future is he's uh, about to perhaps play his 200th game um, against the Eels uh, coming up this weekend, but he does have uh, a baby due as well. So, Sean Johnson, number 200 for the Warriors.
0: Yeah, and it's a it's a pretty remarkable milestone for the guy, isn't it? Uh, when you think about it, and I think about his history with the club, you know the the acrimonious departure, uh, obviously a few years ago, and the and the sort of fairy tale reunion, I suppose, especially when you consider how the season is going. Um, look, obviously, I hope on a number of levels that he does play this weekend. Not only because it's a milestone fixture, but I think more importantly because this team needs to get back on track. I think I think last last weekend. Is a forgive to a degree, um, quite clearly the Warriors don't really have a great game plan for coping with those sorts of conditions. But does that necessarily mean that they're not title contenders? Like I would confidently say they're probably not going to face conditions like that at any stage again this season. Now, just because they weren't able to adapt to those conditions, does that mean we need to wring our hands and start panicking about whether they are a legitimate you know top four or, or even premiership contender, I, I don't think so. You know this weekend uh, they're going to go to to face Parramatta at Combank, which is a fantastic stadium, likely dry weather football. I think it will be an outstanding fixture actually because both of those teams play great dry weather football. Um, so an exciting fixture, and I would love for Sean Johnson to be available for that reason because I think they will they will need him and they need a bounce back this weekend, especially when you consider they've got the sharks next week. You know, it's a pretty tough run of fixtures. They need their best players on the field. They're going to be without Josh Curran. They're going to be without Mabata Niokura, obviously. Um, so, you know, if you start chipping away at the best players in your team not being available, um, you know, it's, it's hard to put in your best possible performance. But look, family comes first. Um, he's obviously expecting a second child, um, you know, for, for a starter. I, ho- I hope, obviously, the, the baby is happy and healthy and arrives safe and sound. Um, yeah, but hopefully it arrives early and Sean can, Sean can get on the plane and, and play that fixture uh, this weekend because I think uh, I think the, the team really needs them. They need a bounce back. They need a response.
1: Andrew Gordy, as always, the voice of authority. Uh, we thank you for being on the Bulletin this morning. And you have a mighty fine day.
0: And you, Smithy. Cheers, mate. Appreciate it.